Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. Sarah, how are you today? I'm doing good. I am a little scatterbrained, but I am in a good mood. I love spending time with you. It's always a good day when I have Amanda on my calendar. How are you? I'm doing good. I am plugging along this week. I can't believe it's already. We're recording this. It's 12 o'clock. I feel like it should be 9 a.m. The day is just flying by, but I'm good. I'm good. How are you? You already told me you're doing great. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not the only scatterbrained one. I guess one. we're both scatterbrained. Um, so anyways, I'm excited to be chatting with you this week. We took a little bit of a break from um, recording. We batch worked a bunch of episodes because you and I took a week off of meetings to get tons of work done. So I'm happy that we're back in the groove and chatting about green flags today. Why don't you tell everyone what our yeah. topic is about? Well, if you have been listening to this podcast for a couple weeks, you know that two episodes ago, we talked about red flags when it comes. We're both in, uh, we're both service providers. We do client work. We have a book of business that is a bunch of individual clients. So we talked about what are the red flags for us as we've been in business for a couple years? What have we noticed that are red flags? And we promised in that episode we were going to do the alternative, which is our green flags for clients. So last week, we took a little bit of a catch up. We hadn't really gotten to catch up in a while. It felt like even though the episodes come out once a week, so you may not have missed us, we missed you. (laughs) So we needed to just do a little debrief and catch up. But now we're back with green flags. Yeah, so I am excited to dig into this with you because I'm curious what yours are. So what's your first green flag when you decide to work with someone? Um, This is going to sound really surface and silly, but I don't know about surface, but really simple and silly, but nice people. Like there's a warmth that is really important to me and I like if somebody doesn't come across really warm and personable then that's not necessarily a red flag. But when they do come across as super warm and personable, I am immediately like, yes, I love this. I want to work with you. Like, I feel this connection. And I really love the people that I work with. Like, it. we've talked about this too, but it's it's really silly. But in my in my mind, my clients are like some of my best friends because they are – what I do during the day, they're what I think about, they're who I'm talking to. When we have back-to-back meetings and it's like, this is who I'm socializing with. I understand they may see me just as a service provider, but in my mind, like I love them like they're the most important people, some of the most important people in my life. So when I can really envision, like when I meet somebody and I can really envision this person could be in my circle of people who matters to me, that is... That is a green flag. 
definitely a green flag. You need to have some personality when people come at it very corporate like it just I mean, there's a difference between being professional and being cold. So mm-hmm. I always appreciate it when people come in with their own personality. Too. Or like they show up and they're like, OK, I'm here. Sell me. And it's like, I mean, can we just talk to each other? Like, <laughs> I'm immediately like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm having a bad connection. I've got to go. <laughs> I do not play with that. I do not. Um, my tolerance for bullshit like that, people having bad attitudes or expecting a lot for a little, I'm just, I just don't have time for it. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just go find somebody off of TaskRabbit or Upwork because I'm not <laughs> sitting around for this. Like, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree. You got to come with some good energy. I when someone comes to me and asks me for advice on being a service provider and working with people, the first thing I tell them, I have noticed this about myself is I reference my relationships with my clients very similar to dating. Mm. <laughs> and you can take a lot of what you tolerate in dating relationships or marriage for what you would in a client relationship. So very much so for me, it's like a first date when we're getting on a call together to decide if we want to work together. Do I like you? Do you like me? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. You're going to be messaging me. I'm going to be messaging you. I'm going to have your phone number. I'm going to probably have access to your credit card to help you with things. You got to like me and trust me. And there has to be that same thing in a dating relationship just as in a client relationship. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with you. So. Well, my first green flag is someone who is looking for collaboration. Mm. That's a big that's a big thing for me is I think the best creativity and the best ideas come about whenever you are collaborating with a group of people um, or one-on-one, you know, with someone else and bouncing ideas off of someone. Um, I hate when people are like, this is what I want. Make it happen. I mean, I get it. There are projects that that is warranted. That's what the job is. But when someone wants something, um, for instance, they're creating a new project or they're creating a new product or a new podcast even. It needs to be a collaborative effort. Let's talk things through. Let me tell you what my reservations are about what you're trying to do. Let's talk through the troubleshoot troubleshooting process. What's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? I'm always a big believer two is better than one. So if a client comes to me and is trying to sell me on the idea that I will just be doing everything by myself and um, just run with it, I'm like, I can do that. But wouldn't it be great if we were working together on something? I mean, not saying we have to hop on a meeting, but over like an email. <laughs> Can I get your feedback over an email? You know, collaboration's a big part of what I do. So um, I love it when other when other people see it that way as well. Yeah, I I totally hear you on that. I feel like related. I would say my second one is that I want to work on projects that are actually exciting to me. With podcast production specifically, when I meet somebody and it's a project that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is important to me too. Or like, oh my gosh, this is something I really want to be a part of. Like, this is exactly the kind of content I want to immerse myself in. That is a huge green flag for me. I do work on podcasts that I'm very much definitely not the ideal audience for. Like, it's not a podcast I would listen to if I didn't produce it. (laughs) But so it's not a deal breaker. But when it's a project that I'm like, this is legitimately a podcast I can't wait to listen to and and or the passion the person has behind it is something that I like 
oh my gosh, yes, I, I want to co-sign. Like, I love your passion. It's not necessarily my passion, but I want to put my name on that. Like, that's going to be really, really important. Great work that I see the importance of. And I see that as being really similar to your collaboration point because that's work I want to be part of. That's a, a movement that I want to be part of. That's a, a mission or a topic or whatever that I can see how much it matters to you and it matters to me too. So that would actually be fun for us to collaborate on versus sometimes some of the content that we've produced in Podfox is like, it's a great show. It's great for who it's meant for. It does really well. The person who's hosting it loves it. I don't really care about the content. I love the person, but like, yeah. So when it's a project I really, really want to dig, sink my teeth into, to so to speak, then that's a huge green flag. I think that's definitely, definitely a big sign. I think for the longest time, we've talked about this before and we talked about it last week. I would used to work with just anybody and everybody. Now it's very much so, do I like the work? Do I like the project? Um, and do I like the niche that the person is in is a big thing too. I used to work when I first started. I don't know why. I had a ton of like financial advisor clients. <laughs> And I do not love money, taxes, financial mm -hmm. advising, 401ks, like quantitative just, anything, like vomit. I just don't <laughs> want to do any of it. I and I had a ton of those people and I was making brochures for financial advisors for about <laughs> three to six months before I realized this is not stimulating me at all. <laughs> so enjoying the project and the niche is very or niche is very important. Um, my second green flag um, would just be someone who understands work-life balance, that they that they mm -hmm. practice that themselves. And it's very hard to come by, very hard to come by people that actually practice it themselves. People that are, hey, I'm taking this whole entire day off to spend the day with my kid just because there's no... Uh, it's not a birthday. It's not a holiday. Like I'm just, I need to spend some time with my kid. My kid and I are not connecting. I want to take the day off. Mm -hmm. Say no more. It is so hard to find people who actually practice that and actually take the time off and prioritize their own lives. So if I can see someone who is doing that in their own life, oh my gosh. It makes me so happy and it makes me so fulfilled to see that. And it makes me practice it harder when I'm collaborating with someone and working with someone in their business who also takes time off for themselves. For some reason, it rolls into that feeling of there's a lot of grace here. There's a lot mm -hmm. of understanding here. And you need to take a day off because you need a day off. Take a day mm -hmm. off. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's a really good and hard thing to find. But a big green flag for me when someone prioritizes their own work-life balance. And respects your work-life balance. Like that's so important. I, I, one thing that I really love and cherish about my, my book of business, I keep on calling it that. I don't know what else to call it. It's either that or roster, which like both sound so cold and like silly, but like the people that I work with um, and that I have worked with, that's one thing that I really, really value is that if I say, like, for example, I tend to work on weekends. That's, I mean, that's just part of my job. It just is what it is. But I still want to have days off. So I can message somebody and say, hey, I want to confirm I received that you sent this to me. I will try to get it done today. If I can't get it done today, it's not going to be until Saturday because I'm trying to take Friday off. And when they respond and say, like, oh, good for you. 
I hope you get your day off. Like that is such, it's so reaffirming. Or if I say I'm going to be out of the office and they leave me alone, like they don't want to bug me when they know that I'm like taking a week or whatever. That's just so nice. Similarly, if something comes up, I don't know if you've had this um, too, but when something comes up, like my mom recently lost a friend to brain cancer. And um, I was able to say to a client like who was asking me for something, help me understand the level of priority because this is what's just happened. I'm with my mom today. She just lost a friend and um, this, you know, she asked me to come and spend time with her. I could get this done tonight when I get home. It'll be late at night, but I could. But help me understand the level of priority here. And having people respond and be like, it's so not that important. Like, (laughs) you're where you need to be. Do this when you're back in the office, right? Like, that's so nice to have that kind of, not just that they practice it themselves, but that they actively want me to practice it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So what is your next? My third green flag is people who take action right away and it's not again this is not a deal breaker if they don't some and one thing that's been really interesting in doing this work is especially in podcasting like I started this business in 2019 podcasting has grown a lot as an industry since 2019 it's become very mainstream it's uh really catapulted since then so Coming into this business, there was no established understanding of like, how long is the nurture period? When you meet somebody and they're thinking about starting a podcast, like, what's average? How long does it take? And what was surprising about that for me is that I was coming from doing marketing and operations in for a real estate team. And in real estate, there's a ton of of like research and experience in the industry for how long that nurture period is for the average client. Some clients, of course, are going to move really quickly and some clients are going to take longer. But the average length of entertaining, like <laughs> nurturing that relationship, that didn't exist for me coming into podcasting because podcasting was just so unknown. It's like the Wild West, right? So in my experience, it is like the average can be like a good six to 12 months from somebody saying they want to start a podcast to actually being ready to start. But there are people who want to take action right away. And that's like a huge green flag. So although I have plenty of people that I love staying in touch with and nurturing and like, we're going to get there, we're going to help build this vision. And when you're ready, you're ready. And when you're ready, I want to be top of mind to be the person to help you with it. Like, that's totally fine. But people who we meet, they immediately like pay the launch fee and they just like get started and we're just getting the ball rolling, getting this podcast up and running. That's a huge green flag. That's super, super fun. And it also really sets the expectation for like, what kind of client are they going to be in the monthly contract? Like, are they going to be on top of things? Are they going to be like a quick action taker or am I going to be reminding them (laughs) and pulling teeth? And dragging them week to week. (laughs) Like, what is it going to be like? So when they set that expectation, like, I'm an action taker. I take initiative and I'm just going to do stuff. It's like, oh, this is going to be a good, easy collaboration. I like it. I like it. Green flag. (laughs) Definitely a green flag. I think piggybacking off of that for me is probably the equivalent of 
when you start working with someone and they go into it knowing, hey, it's going to take you some time to learn my business. It blows my mind that there are people, and I, I try to be empathetic to this because I think we can all, this can happen to anyone. When you work in your business so much, you just automatically think to yourself, you take for granted all the knowledge that you have, and you don't mm-hmm. realize that there is such like a learning curve mm-hmm. that people have to like learn your business. I don't come into working with anyone and knowing about wedding invitations or calligraphy or a pillow company or I'm doing these are just some different companies that I've worked with over the years. <laughs> I worked with someone who was a plumbing company. I know nothing about a plumbing company. Like I don't <laughs> like but after three or four months of you continually investing in me, giving me projects, letting me learn your business, I can talk to you a lot about plumbing that I couldn't six months before, you know? So the clients that go into it knowing, hey, we're, we're, I'm in it. This is why in my contract, I say, okay, invest for the, for three months, bare minimum. Give me three months to learn your business and your processes and what you need and like what your offer is. I mean, yeah. I have to read your offer multiple times to understand what it is that we're selling here. And I think that's, that's something that I don't see a lot of for people. This also goes back to that whole thing of having grace with someone is giving people the time to know what the hell the job is, like specifically what the niche is that they're working in, because a lot of people aren't going to know like what a health food company puts in their supplements right off the bat. Totally. (laughs) I think that's why a lot of people niche down, right? And sometimes they have these super, super specific niche, niches, niches. <laughs> because, like, I will only work with real estate. I will only work with health and wellness I, or holistic health and wellness. I will only work with spirituality. I will only work with coaches, whatever, because then that learning curve is a little shorter. But yeah, you and I both really value the variety. Like, we love the variety. We love having these really diverse projects that we get to be a part of. And that includes a learning curve for sure. Yeah, it really does. So on that note, what is making you happy this week? Yeah, we got interrupted in our last one, on our last list. So I'm excited to share this. Okay, another thing that's making me happy, and this is so related to what we've been talking about, is I've actively been taking two days off in a row. And that, like in the history of my entrepreneurship since 2019 that has never been a consistent pattern but um i'm for the most part taking fridays off and spending them with eric saturdays off and spending them with my mom like consistently friday saturday off i work a lot on sunday i work a lot <laughs> all the rest of the days sometimes i have to do like a little bit here and there on friday and saturday definitely amanda still works in my business when i'm off Eric still works in my business when I'm off. So like it doesn't have any disruption for clients. I already wasn't doing meetings on Fridays. So it's just sort of like, okay, I might have to sign in and update the spelling. Actually, I haven't even been doing that. I've just been sending that to you. But like I might have to log in and and update something or tweak something or just upload something really quickly or give somebody a really proper response from the computer that would be easier than like with my thumbs from my phone. But then I'm good to go. Let's go see a movie. Let's go on a date. Let's spend the day together. Whatever it looks like. It's so nice. So days off, girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's worth it. It's always worth it. Yeah. Good for you. That makes me happy. What is making me happy this week is, as I mentioned in the last episode, I love Halloween. I love the fall. And I have been 
consuming a large amount of scary movies and creepy books and all the things that give you all the spooky vibes. And one of the things that I have just been recently listening to is an audiobook called All ALL Hollows and by Christopher Golden. And if you if you're anything like I am and you want to find a scary book, but you're looking for a book that gives you those hocus pocus vibes, but mm. it's for adults, if that make any sense. Mm-hmm. So it's not, ooh, there's spooky witches in the woods, but it's more <laughs> like an actual 2023, it's the day of Halloween and a bunch of weird things start happening in this town, but it's not PG, if anything, it's definitely rated R kind of book. And it's mm. got a very adult feeling. I feel like a lot of times spooky books like that go totally totally YA and they're not for Mm -hmm. adults. This book I have been listening to, it is very dark. It is very good. It's very interesting. And it definitely gives you that like, oh, we're setting up a haunted house and there's, you know, there's a chill in the air and there's candy everywhere and it's Halloween and just a good, I'm halfway through it and I'm really enjoying it. And there's some creepy, creepy stuff in there. So um, definitely recommend that. All Hollows by Christopher Golden if you're looking for a Halloween book. I would recommend listening to it. One of my favorite audiobook narrators is a woman named January Lavoy, and she is one of the narrators on this one, and she does amazing as always. What's making you happy times two? One thing that's making me happy is that my kids are happy, and that is really strange. Okay, at the beginning of the year, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but at the beginning of the year, we had one kid still at home full time. And in January, he moved out with his girlfriend. Um, We weren't sure if the moving out part was going to stick. We thought the girlfriend would stick. I didn't know if the moving out part would stick. But so far, it's been sticking. But what's amazing is that we see see our kids every Monday for dinner. And if you're new here, like, I'm a step-parent. These are my partner's biological kids. And they were already pretty well grown when I came into their lives. So they are all 19 and above, but um, there's three and uh, they all come over on Mondays. Now, not all three come every Monday, but like this past Monday, we had all three of them together and it's so delightful to have them all together and to see that all three of them are just in really good places. Like they're so happy and present and um i don't know they have like adult lives and we were so sad in january like we weren't anticipating being empty nesters we thought we had another year to go at least of having at least one kid at home and so the the second and third kids really surprised us by being pretty independent in the past year but We were kind of sad about that because we thought we had more time and now getting to see them just be like adults having their own lives and making their own choices and they're happy. It's so good. I feel so good. It's such a good feeling when people that you care about are actually doing well. So we haven't recorded in a while. So this has been a couple of weeks back, but it's still making me very happy is the fact that my husband Drew was on our hunting lease doing some work for um, upcoming hunting season. And a little dog ran up to him that had been out in the rain all night long, was covered in fleas, had obviously been dumped out there. And um, he brought him home and we helped him find a new owner. We got, we spent, he stayed with us for about a week and we were going to keep him, but we quickly realized we're just not puppy people. And it was a little too soon after we lost Aubrey. 
We lost Aubrey a couple of weeks ago, my Yorkie, and that was just a little too soon for me. So we helped him find a new owner that was absolutely the greatest possible connection ever. It's a little old man who is retired, never married, just wants to have a companion. And um, so we took our little, we call it, we named him Duke. And we took little Duke down to New Orleans and he is living his best life. And it just makes me so happy to see a dog or any animal for that matter, find a home that works for them. So even though we couldn't keep him, Willow, our pit bull, who is very old and We don't have a ton of more time left with her. She was just not about a puppy. Like, she was trying to be a good – she's so sweet and so calm. And he was just like, I want to bite you in the face. I want to, you know, paw at you and play with you. And she was just looking at me all day, every day while I was working underneath my desk and was taking big sighs like, Mom, please, for the sake of all things good, get this little shit out of the house. So, dogs finding homes always makes me happy. What's the last thing making you happy? The last thing. This is the last thing making me happy. No, I'm Ever. just kidding. Um, <laughs> the, the third thing making me happy right now is writing. And I have been writing a lot on threads, which I know like a lot of people jumped on threads, jumped back off it. I get it. I still love it. And I have thought about <laughs> trying to get onto Twitter slash X if people are bailing off of threads, but it is so toxic over there. That is just not going to happen. So I'm enjoying threads. I really am. And that actually also led to I'm writing more on LinkedIn. Speaking of, I actually started a newsletter over on LinkedIn and I think it's going to be really fun. Right now I'm shooting for once a month because it asked me like when I set it up, do you want to do weekly or monthly? And I was like, uh, let's do, let's do monthly for now. Um, but I have a monthly newsletter over on LinkedIn and it's called Revolutionary Leadership. And it's just going to be my kind of thought pieces on business ethics, especially in online business. But I think in general, some business ethics and some leadership ethics and challenging the status quo in business and those same same kind of themes that I tend to bring to these conversations. And if you follow me on Instagram, same kind of uh, energy that I bring over on Instagram, except I can be like writing to my long form writer's heart's content, which is just not what Instagram is for in any capacity. So I'm doing that over on LinkedIn. So if that's interesting to you and you're on LinkedIn, please go follow my newsletter. Uh, Yeah, you can find me at Sarah K. Heater and the newsletter's Revolutionary Leadership. And I'm very excited about it. Good for you. I know you were telling me you're getting a lot of interest there. That's so exciting. Um, Yeah, I guess a lot is relative. But like within an hour, I had like 55 subscribers, which was so cool. I don't know. I think that's good. Some might say that LinkedIn is, uh, I don't know, social media platform that's good for connecting. If only there was a VA that called it earlier in the year, but there's not. So <clears throat> me, I love, I like LinkedIn for my clients. I'm happy that you're over there and succeeding. I'm not surprised. You're a great writer. So that's that's. Oh, exciting. thanks. You're welcome. Um, the last thing making me happy is that. Drew and I rented all five. There are five of them. Um, All five of the insidious scary movies and watched them all in a row. Y'all, it's been a while since I have watched something that has scared me. 
I got really scared. Like, I was, like, for real scared. Um, I watch a lot of true crime. I read a lot of, like, spooky, creepy, weird books. I love a serial killer documentary. Um, it, I mean, it takes a lot to really freak me out. But what is so funny? Just imagining you in your couch nest that you were telling us about on the last episode and watching these movies and being genuinely scared. You're like a living cartoon character, so it's like imagining Amanda scared is just really funny. Okay. Um, I will go ahead and say this, and Sarah, you can edit this out if you don't want this on the podcast because we've never (laughs) discussed this. So I partake in CBD before I go to bed every night because it's very – Okay, so I smoke CBD before I go to bed every single night. Um, It's the only way that I can really turn my brain off and actually get myself in that mindset of, okay, I'm going to sleep now. And so it was over the weekend, we're watching these movies, and I was very relaxed with the CBD. And so I'm totally in these movies, right? And there is this whole (laughs) portion of this movie. I'm covering my eyes right now. There's a whole portion of this movie where someone's feet get grabbed off of a bed, which is my literal worst nightmare. And um, y'all, I didn't sleep all night. I didn't sleep all night. I was so scared. It was so fun. I am I love getting scared from the safety of my own home. You'll never catch me going through a haunted house because I don't want people in my face. But I absolutely love scary movies and Halloween and oh, it's so fun. Okay. I have a question about being scared all night because when we watch something or if Eric shares something with me just to terrify me before bed, which he loves to do, then – He falls asleep instantly, snores next to me all night, and I lay awake terrified. And nothing makes me more irritated than me being up scared and the man who's supposed to be protecting me snoring next to me. Like, how do you – so when you were up all night, was Drew also awake? Was he scared or was he just sleeping like a baby? Drew was sleeping like a baby, but I also (laughs) don't need him to give me comfort because I immediately (laughs) – I don't know what this says about me. Some therapist out there is like, oh, this explains so much about Amanda. Um, I automatically assume that I will be in any situation by myself. So I'm always in fight or flight mode for myself. I feel like Drew can take care of himself, but I'm like prepared to protect myself. So um, Shit's Creek was playing on repeat while I was asleep after that mm-hmm. because Shit's Creek makes me so happy. Can mm-hmm. I also tell you that I have had so many people tell me that I am the perfect mixture of David and Alexis Rose from Shit's Creek <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know I don't know if it's a compliment or not but I take it as one and I yeah. think it's great even though they are a hot mess um, <sighs> but I watch a lot of Shit's Creek when I get scared but yes he was snoring he was asleep but I'm like it's, I'm ready to fight. I was ready to fight something if it came if it came at me. And I, I did cuddle up with Willow, my pit bull. I was like, you'll let me know if something's coming for me, right? So oh anyways, gosh. all the Insidious movies, if you want to binge them, one, two, and three are awesome. Four and five are garbage. But um, the first three were awesome. It was really fun. So scary movies it's around the scary, fun. spooky season of year. You are definitely going all in on fall. I am super excited that like as it actually gets deeper into fall, I will also participate in the fall excitement. But um, it's a little early for me here. We had we still had a day this past week that was 116 here in Phoenix. So it's like I can't even fake it. I can't even fake that it's fall. Like to me, it's like this is the throes of summer. And yes, kids went back to school. I can't like <laughs> – 
my brain can't even process that these things are happening at the same time that this is not just still summer i want to go lay by the beach with a book and like (laughs) just get the get the heck out of phoenix so i'm looking forward to the temperature dropping at least a little so i can participate um... with you we had our hottest, I think, 106 this past uh, weekend, and they said that That's was a record a high. Yeah. yeah, record high. Um, I do not care. I just turn the <laughs> AC on and all my fans. I just pretend that it's nice and chilly. So, yeah. Anyways, I love that for you. I know. Love it for me from afar. I know it's hot where you are. All right. Well, this has been a fun episode of Green Flags and Things That Make Us Happy. Please come find us at Big Brave Business on Instagram or you can find me at Amanda Nelson Reads and Sarah at Sarah K Heater. We would love to chat with you and be your friend over on Instagram or you can always find us on YouTube where every single Wednesday we have new episodes with interviews with our friends, super fun content, super fun interviews and just awesome people. So and you can find that at Big Brave Business on YouTube. So we'll see you next week. Bye.